Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Denise wants to run from the truth. She has these feelings, but she doesn't want to say it. I just think you guys need to be careful with her because she's not who she pretends to be. We have so much to talk about with the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Hello, everyone. I'm Danny Pellegrino. Welcome to Everything Iconic. We're not only going to be recapping Beverly Hills Housewives, we're also going to be recapping Roni. And after that, I have a very special interview with the one and only, surprise, Dina Lohan, Lindsay's mother, of course, who's on Celebrity Big Brother. She's got a new podcast out with Chanel O'Marie, who was on The Princesses of Long Island. So they're both on the line at the end of the episode. We did a quick little chat, and it's it's wild and interesting, and I hope you'll all listen. I'll put the timestamps in the episode description so you can skip ahead if you want. But can you believe we got Dina Lohan on the line? You guys, Mama D, she says I can call her Mama D. So I will be referring to her uh, as Mama D for the rest of my time. Uh, anyway, we got to talk about Beverly Hills first. So, you guys, this episode was wild, wasn't it? A lot going on. We opened at Kyle's uh, party from last week. And this party, of course, an all-star party. We had Chris Jenner, which, did you guys see that little scene with scene-lit? Do people call anything a scene-lit? We're going to. Um, like a little mini scene of Sutton and Chris Jenner talking. Apparently, they had met before in line at the Met Gala. And I needed a camera on that. I wanted to see that footage. Somebody get me a security cam. I would love Chris Jenner to join Housewives full-time. Like, I know she's busy on E! keeping the lights on over there. Uh, but I would like to see her just join the Housewives. I feel like she'd be such a good housewife. And she has connections with all these women. I mean, I don't know. I don't, can we cancel that show on E! and get her over on Bravo? I know they're owned by the same company, but let's cancel Kardashians. And let's get Chris over on Housewives. That's what I need. Uh, meanwhile, Camille and Teddy are inside and they're talking, uh, alongside Denise. And I love that Teddy is just like not interested in even playing the game with Camille. She's just like, I don't want to talk to you. I don't care for you. And meanwhile, Denise was like, Hey, Camille, like last year at the reunion, like what the fuck was going on? She said, I was honestly concerned for you, Camille, Denise said. And look, I think we all were when we saw Camille's uh, performance at last year's union because I think a lot of these people on these shows, I don't want to generalize, but I feel like I'm going to generalize. So all of these people who join the cast of these shows, I feel like they don't, they don't ever know how to gauge the crazy, right? Like in order to be cast on these shows, you have to bring a certain level of absurdity and craziness to your performance. And I think it could be tough to gauge how crazy to go, especially when you're trying to earn back a diamond or, or an apple or whatever the thing they hold in the fucking uh, opening credits of these housewife franchises. You know, in New Jersey, I like how they just like put their hand on their hip. <laughs> they twirl around and put their hand on the hip and then call each other prostitution whores. That's the, that's the franchise. Um, what do you guys think they're going to hold in Salt Lake City, by the way? The new franchise, Salt Lake City, what do you think they'll hold? 
I know somebody said, um, by, isn't it a very religious town, like holding Bibles? I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, I'm excited for that. And, uh, on Beverly Hills, though, I think it's, you know, these people want to earn back that paycheck. They want to earn back that diamond. And so it must be going through their heads when they're about to get in front of that red light. Like, how much crazy should I bring? And I think the gauge, it's a very thin line. And I think Camille just went a little overboard at the reunion. And who among us win it, right? If you're trying to earn that job back, you might be a little crazier than normal. But Denise said to her, like, look, Camille, I was concerned for you. And meanwhile, Teddy don't give a fuck. Um, and Denise and Teddy, they sort of make up. Teddy says, look, Denise, if you have any issues with me, I need you to come to me and tell me. Um, and we know, housewives say that all the time. We know it's not going to happen. You're on a show, a reality show where you talk behind each other's backs. So like the whole point of it is to talk behind each other's backs. And so anytime I hear anyone say on these shows, like, if you have something to say, say it to my face. And it's like, I'm yelling at the TV, like, no, say it behind their back and then tell up to their face. You know, that's the order of events that we need on these shows. Uh, anyway, the event ends. Erica invites everyone to her shoe dazzle event, uh, which it seemed like a lot of shoe dazzle promo, wasn't it? Do you think they sponsored the show or they just sponsored Erica? A lot, I saw a lot of shoe dazzle. Even there was that big ass cake with the shoe that was shaped in a shoe. Um, and uh, those kind of cakes look, they look great, but how do you eat them? How do you cut them? How do you eat them? I just need a traditional size cake. Just give me a square in a square pan, square cake or a round cake. Maybe a double layer is as wild as I get with a cake. You know, you could do a round double layer with frosting in the middle. I like that. I like that, but I don't need something in a shape of a fucking giant shoe. Shoes aren't that big. That was a big-ass shoe. No one has a shoe that big, and they had to make a cake. Somebody spent hours making that fucking cake. Those resources could go somewhere else. Although I know the cake people are artists. Uh, whoever made that big-ass shoe cake was an artist. It just seems impractical uh, to shape a cake that way, but, you know, who am I? Garcelle uh, also reveals that she's Team Denise, which we kind of figured from real time. She's Team Denise. I loved that scene, you guys, with... Uh, Garcelle and Sutton, where Garcelle just flat out was like, how'd you get your fucking money? It was like an interrogation scene, that, and it was beautiful to watch. That's the Garcelle energy I need on this show. Just her going up to people, how'd you make your money? I want her to ask every one of these women how they made their money. And I want her to ask other inappropriate questions uh, at any given moment as well. I want her to go right up to Kyle Richards and Maurizio uh, Mo. What did what does uh, Kim Richards call him? <laughs> um... I want her to go right up to them and say, how do you make your money? And PK, that's the one I ne- really need the answers to. How, what's it, how does he get the money in his bank account? PK? PK? Uh, we didn't get any PK this episode, did we? No PK, no Big Dick Aaron. The men took a backseat. Took a backseat this episode. Uh, back at that party, though, I got to say, Wilson Phillips performed. And I love Wilson Phillips. And I want Carney Wilson to be a housewife. I know I mentioned Chris Jenner earlier. These are the people I need on the show. Carney Wilson seems like she'd be a great housewife. Remember that scene they flash back to where she was, I don't know, saying something about uh, being sober? She seemed wonderfully messy, and I need Carney Wilson on the show more. Um, but it was funny when they started performing, Sutton sort of freaked out, and meanwhile, Kim Richards just fell asleep. She took a nap. She just fell right asleep as Wilson Phillips got on stage to sing their biggest hit, Hold On For One More Day. Kim Richards thought, you know what, I'm going to go to sleep for one more hour, and I'm going to close my eyes. And uh, she took a little nap. And I respect anyone that could take a nap willy-nilly like that. If you can just close your eyes, 
and go to sleep anywhere. I've never been able to. I envy people that can fall asleep sitting up. You ever see someone on a plane? I can never sleep on a plane. I don't care how much Xanax I were to have. I can't sleep on a plane. My boyfriend, he can pass out anywhere, any given time. And apparently, same can Kim Richards. Um, but Dorit thinks that, like, <laughs> this was so funny. So Wilson Phillips starts performing. And then Dorit's like, I wonder what Kyle got that idea. I can't do a Dorit accent, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and it was like, Dorit was acting as if she's the only one who ever thought of people singing at an event. Like, Dorit made up singing, and no one else can sing. That's just, <laughs> Dorit thought of it first. And so anyone else who sings, oh, I love her. I love her. Uh, there was a little scene between Adrian and Brandy. They were doing shots. Adrian's got a new boyfriend, Brian, and it was so awkward. And then Brandy, like, apologized for a season three storyline of outing Adrian's surrogacy. And it was so fascinating because not only did she out it, but Brandy also said to her, like, so casually off the cuff, it wasn't my idea. And Adrian, without missing a beat, said, I know it wasn't. Now, the implication here, I believe, is that LVP put Brandy up to it, right? She said that in the past before. But what I found interesting was that normally the editors would flash back, and they didn't even flash back to an LVP scene, which was surprising to me. It it was like they just let that little moment in, and they let us all leave it up to our imaginations, which that's what I believed it to be about. But um, yeah, it was interesting. They had a lot of awkwardness. Uh, they made up, though, and I like when we get these, I, I want more of the old old people coming back, and I don't know, I loved it all. Uh, meanwhile, Wilson Phillips was singing again. <laughs> there was a little moment when Denise and Aaron, before they left the party, Brandy had said to them, like, I want to be in a thruple with you guys. And then they cut to Denise in her confessional, where Denise says, what's a thruple? And you guys, look, I've seen every performance Denise Richards has given. I- I've seen Starship Troopers, Dropped It Gorgeous, I've seen... It all. I even saw that holiday film she did last year. Uh, love her on screen. Uh, but I didn't believe her acting when she said, what's a thruple to the producer? I just thought, Denise, come on, Denise. Come on. We know that you know what a thruple is. We know that. Uh, then the end of the party, everyone's drunk and dancing. Brandy's falling like a newborn baby giraffe. She's just, gravity was not her friend that night. Uh, Brandy had too many cocktails and could not stand upright. It was like those legs, like she never walked on them before. She was using them for the very first time that night. And she was she was truly a sight to behold. Just the legs were going every which way but loose. Um, it was beautiful. And then uh, that's the end of the party. I wish we would have stayed there even longer. I was having so much, so much fun at that party. Uh, then we get a couple little, like, a little montage of Garcelle with her new boyfriend at the house. Uh, we get Dorit at Buca de Beppo, which was so upsetting to me that we didn't stay there for at least an hour. I wanted to see that scene, and we just saw a quick little vignette, a scenelet of Dorit at the Buca de, Bu- Buca de Dorit, and I wanted to see her play in that whole room. Somebody said, I think it was Amy Phillips, said on Twitter, she wants Dorit to start doing the confessionals from the Buca de Beppo room. <laughs> I need that. Let's get to read in that Buca de Beppo and just get the cameras rolling there. I don't care. Let's get her a spinoff. Italian spinoff, just to read. I don't know, making pastas at the Buca de Beppo's and going to Italy. She, you know, she speaks a fluent Italian. She's my uh, Italian. She makes me proud to be an Italian-American. Um, that Dorit sure does. Uh, then 
Everyone gets ready for Erica's Shoe Dazzle event. Garcelle couldn't make it here, uh, but they all go. That's where they bring out that big cake. Erica had a new confessional too in a black, a black look, like a black dresser. Um, it was, it was my favorite Erica look. It seemed sort of toned down for her, uh, but I liked it. Uh, Denise showed up to the Shoe Dazzle event wearing just jeans and a bun. And it was like a, kind of a strange outfit. I don't even think De- uh, Denise's outfits are that strange so much as like when th- you're looking at them compared to everyone else's outfits, that's when it's shocking to the eye. You know, there was that one time where she wore the boot cut jean. I forget it was at Kyle's barbecue or something. I wouldn't even look twice if like Kyle wasn't wearing one of those ridiculous caftans from her, her line. Uh, but it's like seeing him next to everyone's just dressed for a different occasion. And that's always what's upsetting to the eye is when one person's going to a barbecue and then the rest of the people are going to a fashion week in New York. So that's and and seeing her at the shoe dazzle event. But who the fuck would know how to dress for a shoe dazzle event? You know, would you get dressed up for the nines if you if you were invited to Erica Jane's shoe dazzle event? I certainly wouldn't. I'd put on a pair of jeans. I mean, yeah, for Kyle's uh, black and white party or whatever that was, you would get dressed up. That's something you know you would get dressed up for. But for a shoe dazzle event, I don't know that I'd really put on uh, my finest wares. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh, Let's see. Oh, they introduced the Italy trip. And this was, there was a lot of staged business in this episode that was upsetting to watch. I know we're watching a TV show and they got to do this stuff. They got to do it. They got to introduce the trip. This is where I'm getting tired of Bravo. And I'm like want, screaming at my TV like, we don't need to do this. Like, you can stop doing this. It worked 10 years ago. 10 years ago, yeah, we had to get the cast of Orange County to, I don't know, wherever they went, Ireland, whatever the fuck they went. But now it's been long enough. All of us watching know that they're going on a trip for the fucking show. Everyone. My mom, she does, if she were to turn on the show, she doesn't watch Housewives. But if Linda Pellegrino were to turn on the show, she'd say, well, I know they got to go on a trip for the show. So why are they pretending to have some other reason? It it was like Rena was saying, well, uh, Erica Jane's going to be in Chicago. So we're going to go away for a week beforehand. It's like, no, you're not. The producers planned a trip. And don't act like Rena planned the whole thing. Like, we don't need to do this. Stop making them do it. It's not even the cast's fault. Whoever is making these decisions, their fault. And I I need to know that I'm being heard. Uh, but I love that they're going to Rome, Italy, just because, again, Dorit's Italian. Everything about it makes me proud to be an Italian. And there was this weird moment where I literally remound it. I'm going to work on our Pope, though. Do you want to see the Pope? Do you have a pole to where we could meet him? No, I don't have any pole. I'm sorry, but in what world does anyone think that Erica Jane has pull with the Pope? Did Big Dick Aaron slip Denise Richards some hallucinogenics and then she imagined that Mikey Minden was teaching Pope Francis to pat the puss? Is that what happened? Because I can't imagine any other world where anyone would think that one Miss Erica Jane who's about to play Roxy Hart on Broadway is close with Pope Francis. And then I'm thinking, well, maybe they're setting up this storyline. Maybe it, it will, in fact, happen. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills will head on over to Rome and we'll see Sutton uh, hanging out with Pope Francis. Maybe that'll happen. You know, stranger things have occurred on this show. Uh, but I couldn't even I, I couldn't even catch my breath when Denise Richards asked if Erica Jane had a pull with the Pope. And then she was on her phone the whole time as she was saying it, as if she was like looking on Twitter or something for some sort of contact info for the Pope. 
Now, let me tell you something. As someone who reaches out to celebrities to come on this program, it's not so easy to get contact information. Uh, it seemed like Denise was looking. She was Googling uh, Pope Francis' contact number. That's what I, she was on IMDb Pro, and she's searching Pope Francis and thinking maybe like a publicist number would come up. And I got news for you, Denise. I love you, but I don't think that'll happen. You know, but stranger things again. And who among us, if you're going to Rome, you want to see the sights. You want to see the big dogs in Rome. And so who bigger to see there than Pope Francis? So I suppose Denise was maybe onto something, but it was a shocking soundbite. I'm going to work on our Pope, though. Do you want to see the Pope? Do you have polls where we could meet him? No, I don't have any polls. Honestly, I actually think it might be a good idea to get him on the show. Let's sit him down in the confessional chair and see what Pope Francis thinks of the season. I'd love to know what he thinks about Kyle Richards always getting drunk and doing the splits. Teddy Mellencamp uh, could keep him accountable. And Garcelle, she could sit him down and say, how do you make your money? I want to know the Pope's finances. And Brandy, we need a scene between the Pope and Brandy. And forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. I fucked Denise. I feel like that's how it'd go. I'm going to work on our Pope, though. Uh, Denise and Erica have a little moment where they try to make up. It's awkward. Denise sort of shuts down Erica, and Erica was cold. It was a weird... I, I need all of these women to kind of, like, bring it more. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they need to open up more. They need to be more comfortable on camera talking about whatever they're talking about. You know, watch, I encourage them all to watch an episode of The Real Houses of New York, who those women just show up on camera with a couple bottles of Tito's and they go to town and they're not concerned with what's coming out of their mouths. And yes, this current season feels like it's completely fueled by alcohol on The New York Housewives. But there's some sort of balance that needs to happen on Beverly Hills where it doesn't seem like they're all afraid to say something for their images. And uh, they need to open up more. They need to open up more. Uh, Then we have that scene with Garcelle at the restaurant with Sutton. Again, just beautiful all around. I'd like Garcelle to just uh, interrogate all the women. I'd like her to sit down with every single one of them and say, how do you get your money? How do you get your monies? Uh, It was beautiful. And I need more Garcelle and Sutton duo scenes. I want to see them hit the town. I want to see them hit the town. Uh, we get a weird scene with at Rinna's house with Alexia, Kyle's daughter, who sounds exactly like Kyle. They have the same voice. She shows up to help Amelia get an apartment or whatever. And as we open in this scene, Rinna's wiping the dog's ass. And I immediately thought about that time when Rinna had rats at her house. Remember that storyline a few seasons ago uh, when Rinna had the rat problem? And uh, I immediately started thinking about that. And then it was so interesting to me because Amelia was like, rattling off the things she wants in her apartment and she's like and no rats <laughs> like thinking i was laughing i'm like yeah she don't want no rats and honestly i feel the same way because you guys know i'm deathly afraid of rats hate them not that anyone likes a rat you know what i'm saying but you know hate them uh it was a weird scene though that felt staged to me too there's so much stagey stuff the one thing that was I think everyone thought was super stage. I was really thinking about overnight that scene at the end when uh, Kim Richards just showed up to Kyle's house to like drop off dresses and Brandy was in the car. And then Kim's like, should we bring Brandy up? But they, they were like mic'd and there were cameras on them. I, that seemed like the most stage to me at first. And then I was thinking about it and thinking like, there's no way that could have been staged because it was so obviously staged. Does that make sense? And I don't know that's to be true. I don't know. Somebody, it could have been completely staged. 
but it just felt so overly staged. I was like, there's no way any one of the producers would would allow this to happen because it's so overtly obvious uh, that it's staged. That, so I don't know, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I was like, that it can't be, right? Right? Uh, everyone's getting ready for this Rome trip. There was a little moment where Erica Jane put a wig on her dog, and look, there's nothing better than a dog in costume. You know I love it. When I'm feeling down, I will just Google image search pictures of dogs in costume, or just pictures of dogs. There's this one, I I despise Facebook. I think Facebook is not a good place. Uh, but there is one Facebook group that I'm in, and it's my happy place, where it's just, it's, I don't know, called Cool Dog Group or something like that. And it's a, I don't even know if you could find it. I think somebody had, it's like an underground, <laughs> a dark web underground group. But it's just uh, people post photos of dogs and stuff. And it's my favorite thing on the internet, just seeing dogs. Uh, so I was really happy that, you know, as long as the dogs seem willing to put a, to go in the costume, I'm happy to see them in one. Uh, Kyle's house, uh, she invites Teddy over to get ready uh, or to talk about the baby shower. She's got Xmas, uh, Christmas decor out, and I love seeing the Christmas decor. I don't like all the like pink neon in Kyle's house. It's just a lot of aggressive pink neon work. Everywhere your eye goes, it's like we're in a club or something with pink neon. And it was sort of hurting my eyes a little bit, and I thought it was just for that party. I thought it was like she just brought in the neon signs for the party, but it seems like that's a regular thing at her house. Uh, anyway, Teddy shows up. Teddy's still on the show. And then that's when Kim arrives. Okay. And I got to say, Kim and Brandy, I think, are legit friends. I don't think it's just for the show. I think they're really close in real life. And it was so weird that Brandy was in the car, and then Kyle's like, well, bring Brandy in. And they flash back to some of that slut pig stuff from the early seasons. That's a, such a beautiful moment. But we, I think we forget that Kyle and Kim hid Brandy's crutches. Like that sometimes gets lost in all of this. And I just like to remind us all that Brandy and, or that Kim and Kyle definitely hid Brandy's crutches. Uh, but then so Brandy comes into the room and Kyle's like, well, we're going to Rome. And Brandy's like, well, why are you guys going to Rome? And it's like, cause they're going on a cast trip. Like, no shit. They're going, <laughs> why are they going as a cast to Rome, Italy? Like they're going cause of the show. She should know that. What a weird thing. What a weird thing. Uh, and then Brandy starts telling uh, this story, right? Everything about Denise, which we've heard in the headline, we've heard in the press, in the news. A lot of it's already played out. And I was thinking, watching this show, how much more interesting it would have been if we knew none of it. Could you imagine? I, I don't. I was trying to think, like, well, what if we? This all came out, I think, before BravoCon, which was last November. It all came out so long ago that. I don't know. I thought, what, what if we were to see all this play out without knowing? And that's where social media and the blogs and all that frustrates me as a housewife's watcher because back in the day, talking about season two, season three, none of this stuff, we didn't know any of it. We just watched and were surprised every week. I remember having viewing parties for uh, season two of uh, Beverly Hills Housewives with friends and, and we would watch and we'd, we'd be shocked and surprised and, it it turned somewhere. I don't know around when it turned, but uh, suddenly it felt like we knew every little storyline. Back then, we'd maybe know a, a couple little things, but um, this in particular, this Brandy Denise business, I can't imagine what it would have been like. 
Um, but it's revealed that like Brandy and Denise allegedly like made out after going to dinner in a bathroom. Um, and then Brandy had gone to do Denise's podcast on set somewhere. And I actually like listened to this episode of it was Denise and Brandy. And I remember being intrigued by it. I don't even know if it's still out online, but listen to the podcast. They, I think they were drinking and it was fun. Um, but then apparently like the next night, Brandy says they hooked up and Brandy thought it was okay. And then she says that uh, the next morning, uh, Denise said, don't tell Big Dick Aaron about this. And it's all very compelling. And uh, look, I do believe, I believe it sounds right, right? Like everything she was saying sounded accurate to me and, and not accurate. I mean, I don't know for sure with the accuracy, but it sounded believable to me. And she seemed nervous to get this out. My main problem with this, and this is kind of like outside of the specifics of what she was talking about. My main issue is that Beverly Hills always tends to get like one little nugget and then they run with it forever. And I hate to always compare to New York Housewives, but on New York Housewives, if this like came up, it would have been dealt with in a half an hour over some uh, tequila, over some vodkas, over some rosés. And by some, I mean at least a couple bottles. And it would have been over. Like, if, if Leah had said that she hooked up with Luann, I don't know, for the sake of argument, all the women would have been like, okay, you know, it would have been over with. And I know there's this other added element here where it's like Brandy feels like she was the other woman cheating or something like that. But it, it just, I don't like how on Beverly Hills they run with it. And it would be devastating to me if I was, obviously, Denise is involved in this situation. But for the whole season to be focused on, like, sexuality stuff, and she was very clearly trying to change her image, Denise was, right? Like, it's very clear to me that that's also happening. Like, Denise, even so much as saying, what's a thruple earlier in the episode, it's like Denise is trying to rehab the image a little bit and get away from the sex stuff. Rightfully so, I think, because she's was married to Charlie Jean, and she probably wants to clean that up a little bit. And now the whole season's about her sexuality, and it's become about that, despite her best efforts not to be about that. And I don't like that seeing like uh, Teddy and, and Kyle, it almost felt like they were salivating over this information. I didn't like that. And then also when Brandy was saying, like, I'm bisexual, everyone knows I'm bisexual. I I thought everyone did know that. I think she's talked about it on the show. And I feel like Kyle should have known that, right? So then she was, like, acting so surprised. It just felt like they were salivating. Like, they were dogs with a bone, and they were, like, so excited. Uh, And again, I'm not saying that what Brandy was saying wasn't true. I'm just, I didn't like the response from the main cast members who should be leading these storylines. They should, Kyle and Teddy should have stuff going on where they're driving it forward instead of like attaching themselves to something that's, uh, was said by a non cast member. Does that make any sense? I don't know if I'm making sense. Um, but I really want to know what Big Dick Aaron thinks. He wasn't in this episode. I want to get him on the line. Let's find out what he thinks of all this. I want to know what he was thinking when he was watching it. That's interesting to me. That's interesting to me. Uh, and then, I don't know, it's it's going to play out next week. It really seems like it plays out. I, I'm curious to keep watching. I, I think we still don't know everything, and I, uh, I want to keep watching before I give and pass too much judgment, because it seems like next week in particular, there's like a lot revealed. 
Oh, also Brandy said like things to Teddy, like uh, that Denise doesn't like her and that Erica's cold. And like, like, look, these were all things that probably any of us would say. <laughs> like, I think, you know, it, it shouldn't have been that surprising. And I know they bring it up later at uh, dinner next week, but none of it was surprising. Like, yeah, Erica's cold. Everyone on the show has said that Erica's cold. I haven't heard one person not say that it, it would be surprising to me. I think Erica's called herself cold. She calls herself a nice princess, doesn't she? I don't think it should be that surprising that Denise would say that behind their backs. None, none of the stuff that was like behind their backs should have been that surprising. I don't know. I don't know. It was also interesting to me, though, that Brandy said Denise started calling her a lot again when she knew Brandy was like coming on the show. That's, but see, I want to know all the behind the scenes mechanics of it, right? Like, show us text messages. Show us like the, show us uh, the phone calls about Brandy coming back on the show. Show me the conversations with the producers and Brandy uh, deciding whether or not she should come back on the show, how much she should come back on the show, whether or not she gets confessionals. I want to know all that stuff. Anyway, the episode ends where they cut to 18 hours later getting uh, on their way to uh, Rome. They're in the car, and Kyle and Teddy tell uh, Rinna the story about Brandy, and Rinna's response was just like, oh, they fucked? <laughs> so they fucked? That was her. <laughs> Put that on a pillow. So they fucked. Anyway, next week's Rome. Uh, that's Beverly Hills. It was a great episode. I I think it's great TV this season. I I'm not. I'm enjoying it fully. It's just I feel like it could be like an A plus show, and right now it's like an A minus show, and I want to get it to an A plus. That's how I feel. Uh, you guys, let's get into the Real Houses of New York. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. Okay, we've got to talk about Roni, Ramona's birthday party, which was apparently themed, uh, everyone goes to Ramona's birthday party. Did you see that? It was on a big-ass sign as you entered the party. And quite frankly, I think when you were at the party, you knew that you were at Ramona's birthday party. So I don't know why you needed a sign to tell you everyone goes to Ramona's birthday party. It's like, no shit, they're there. Everyone's there. Why did they need it on a sign? Everyone goes to Ramona's birthday party. No shit. <laughs> this guy is supposed to be such a great party planner, this Larry Scott. And I'm thinking, who uh, approved of this sign? It doesn't even make any fucking sense. Everyone goes to Ramona's birthday party. No shit. No shit. But this party was crazy. There was a lot of uh, wall breaking. A lot of wall. There's, in general, a lot of wall breakers on Bravo. Everyone's tearing down that fourth wall. Uh, 
Wallbreakers also reminds me of that um, movie Magic Mike. Do you remember in the trailer when Matthew McConaughey was like, uh, what did he say, that line? The law says you can look, but you cannot touch. But I think I see a lot of lawbreakers. That was like a a line from the trailer, which I'll never forget. I'll never forget that, or I'll never forget Channing Tatum's ass in a red thong. And for that, I say bless them for those films. Um, That's cinema. That's cinema, ladies and gentlemen, those two films. But uh, that's not the point. The point is... Uh, Ramona's birthday party. It was wild. More drinking again. Alcohol. The TV show, as we say, it's just a wild, a wild show. But we'll we'll get to Ramona's party first. We have to say that the uh, episode opens with Ramona getting ready for this party with the Larry Scott. She's with Leah. Meanwhile, we check in with all the other women. Sonia's at her townhouse, which I just think she needs to get rid of. That townhouse is not healthy for her psych. It's not healthy for her wallet. It's a a big, hot fucking mess. There's water everywhere. The toilet paper, where the the toilet paper holder, that's just fallen down. Did you catch that? She was holding on to this roll of toilet paper, and I think it fell off the wall. The toilet's running, uh, running a marathon. It's just constantly running. It's a true hot mess, and I feel bad, but also it's at a certain point Sonia, Sonorita, you need to just get rid of that thing because it's causing you to black out at gay bars in Philly. And that's not a good thing. And then even at Ramona's party, she was losing it, losing it. So I, Sonia, if you're listening, which you're not, but if you are, I hope you get rid of that thing. Just get, It's a liability at this point. Get rid of it. Even if you lose some money, at least you'll be rid of it and stick to that other apartment or condo that you got. I don't know. Uh, we also check in with Lou, who's washing Ash- Aston, Ashton, Aston, I think. Uh, the little doggy is so cute. But then uh, we see Luann sing um, to him. She says, he's feeling, he's feeling Giovanni now, you know, in her uh, cookie monster, <laughs> cookie monster voice. But yeah, Aston's, I can't believe Aston's even subject to hearing about Lou's songs. Even he's got to listen to that. I wonder how many times a day that poor dog has to listen to Lou. Uh, sing one of her songs at him. I mean, the things that Dog has seen. If that, if dogs who talk, look who's talking now. What, remember those movies where the babies talk and then the last one, the dogs talk? I think we need a reboot of the one with the dogs. Uh, and we can have it about Aston because that dog has heard and seen some things, right? Well, those movies were wild, weren't they? With uh, John Travolta and Kirstie Alley. I wonder uh, when we're going to get a reboot of those. They reboot everything these days. So I'm sure at some point, uh, and if anyone out there is listening and looking for suggestions, let's, uh, let's get Aston's point of view. Anyway, then we, uh, we cut back to the party planning, and Leah's there. Ramona reveals that for her birthday party, she's going to have everyone wear black so that she stands out. Now, Leah's starting to speculate about this party. It seems like Ramona and Leah are getting along at this point. Uh, but Leah said um, that uh, Ramona's scared about Dorinda and Sonia being there, that they're going to ruin the party. And Leah says, well, I wonder what the women who are going to be at this party will look like. And she says, it probably looks like facelifts and a MAGA rally. <laughs> I, look, I, I don't want to uh, talk on looks, but it seemed like every woman at this party had the same face. And a lot of there was a lot of blonde hair, a lot of the same faces. Uh, maybe it was just because everyone was in black and I, you know. But there weren't, there wasn't a lot of diversity at this party. I'll say that. There wasn't a lot of diversity, but we'll get there. Uh, then we get this scene of Luann at the Fortune Society, which is sort of like a prison uh, transition center uh, 
Luann says she's become an advocate for people who are incarcerated because she was in jail one night. And she says she's about to give a speech to these people, these people who are at the Fortune Society. And I was nervous. I was very, I always get nervous when these women are out in the wild, right? Like, even though we watch them do things on TV, it's usually they're, they're in scenes with each other. And when they go out into the wild and when they're in scenes with other people, whether it be charity events or, or a prison transition center, I get nervous because I'm like, I don't know if they know how to act proper in front of these people. And it's almost like they're our family, right? Like, I feel that way. I don't know when a family member is out in the wild. <laughs> you guys know what I'm trying to say, right? Like, you get it. We were all nervous for Lou. Like, what is she going to say? Uh, and as if I wasn't nervous enough, Sonia shows up with literally five heaping bags of junk. She just had five bags in her hand when she showed up at this prison transition center. And I was like, is she moving in? Where did all these bags come from? Why did? Why is she always traveling with so many bags? Do you notice this? I don't know. Maybe it was stuff for her line, or I, I don't know what it was, but it looked like five bags of junk. And I believe it to be stuff that she was bringing back into that townhouse. And let me say, that townhouse has enough junk in it. And so I hope Sonia was uh, going out with that junk instead of into the townhouse, because there's too much she's hoarding. She's, when we saw that flooded basement or that wet bait, I don't know if it was flooded, but it was definitely wet. And uh, Sonia's wet basement, which sounds like I'm saying something sexual, but Sonia's wet basement, it had a lot of junk in it. There was like old magazines, which I'm sure she's got on digital. You know, at a certain point, if it's wet, then throw it away. Well, you don't need any wet books or wet magazines. Um, just, you know, get it on digital. But she shows up with her five heaping bags of junk. And then all these other people are speaking about being in prison for 20 years, for 30 years. One man stands up and he says, I was in basically like a bathroom in solitary confinement. And Lou and Sonia are nodding along. And I'm getting even more nervous. I'm thinking, what is Luann going to say? She's going to embarrass us all. That's what I felt. I felt she was going to embarrass us all. But then she pulls it together. And she gives a speech that is definitely a little bit cringy. And by a little, I mean quite a bit. But not as cringy as I was expecting it to be, she says. I'm Luann Deliceps, and this is my very good friend, Sonia. I um, got into trouble in Palm Beach. I um, got arrested for being intoxicated. And, um, and, I, got, and I, um, I closed the door in the bathroom, and I assaulted a police officer by hitting him in the head. And then... Um, and then I tried to resist arrest. And so I got charged with three felonies. And um, so I know the pain of what it's like to have shackles on your feet and handcuffs and the pain of the shame. This happened to me for a reason because it made me rise. You know, I learned from it. I grew from what happened to me because I had to look at myself. I pray for all of you. Because there's so much love here. It's just so heartwarming and beautiful. And, um, and I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Yeah. It was truly a monologue that should be delivered in drama schools across the country. Uh, but it was a little cringy because, like I said, this man had just spoken about being in solitary confinement for, th- what, 20, 30 years or something like that? For a long time. I don't know if he was in the solitary for that long. But he was definitely in solitary confinement for an extended period of time. And then here's Lou, you know, tears in her eyes talking about being in shackles for less than 24 hours. And so that was a little bit upsetting. She is doing a spa day for the women. And if we don't see this on camera, I'm going to be very upset. I'm going to be very upset. She's 
getting the women, ladies together to go to uh, a spa. I hope it happens on camera. Uh, then we see Lu- uh, Ramona with Mario and Avery. Avery, I don't know. She's Avery's turning into her mother, it seems. Doesn't it? I always had high hopes for Avery. I, I felt like she was always so stable, balanced, and a good kid. And I'm rethinking that, but TBD. TBD, maybe she'll surprise us. But right now, she seems like a little Ramona. And they go to this Italian restaurant. Mario lives in Florida. He's got the—is that tan from Florida that he's got? He's got a lot of—it seemed like sunburn. He always seems like he's sunburned these days, doesn't he? I don't know if that's from being out in the sun. And if so, you know, Mario, look, put on some sunscreen. Just throw some on before you go outside. You know, it's good for your skin. You got to take care of your skin. It's an organ. So put on some sunscreen, Mario, because you're looking like an apple. And I don't know if it's purposeful. Maybe he likes to be that tan, but um, it's not even tan. It's sunburn. And I worry. I worry. Uh, But he sits down with Ramona and Avery. Apparently, Ramona was in this man's restaurant when she her water broke. And so Mario starts to tell this story. He says, this restaurant reminds me, he says to Avery, of when your mother was pregnant. With you, he says. And he emphasized, with you. And you guys all thought this, right? I thought, who was the other kid that Ramona and Mario had? Did they, what ha- what's the story there? Was there another kid? In my mind, there's some other kid out there somewhere that's Ramona's kid that her and Mario had, a, a, you know, at another time. I don't know what's the story there, because that's how he said it. He said, your mother was pregnant with you. And as far as I knew, that Ramona only had one kid with Mario. That's as far as I know. But, you know, it's possible. Remember on the Osbournes, the reality show, the Osbournes back in the day, they had like another daughter who was never on camera. And so that's where my mind went. I'm like, what if one day they just are like, yeah, here's Ramona's other daughter, you know, or other son. Could you imagine? That was weird. The Osbournes, they, everyone always thought they just had two kids, the two kids, but then there was some girl just like off camera all the time. That was bizarre, wasn't it? Sonia's daughter too. Wouldn't it be weird to see her pop up? I don't, you know, Sonia's daughter is of age now. And so I always wonder, are we ever going to get a look at her? I understood when she was under 18. But now she's, what, 19, 20? Let's get her on camera, just for one quick scene. I do. We just want to know what she's like. Just want to know what she's like. Anyway, uh, Avery does give Ramona some shit. She said, uh, how many people are going to this party? Ramona says 50, and Avery's like, you don't, you don't fucking talk to 50 women. And that's a fact. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, talk, they do a little toast. It's cute. I'm glad they all have a good relationship. Ramona tells Mario that she loves him. He doesn't say it back. That made me feel a little sad. I just feel like they these three should should be together. I don't know. They deserve each other in a weird, gross way. They do. Uh, then we cut to Leah and her sister at a spa. I was hoping Luann would show up with those people from the Prison Transition Center, um, but uh, they didn't. Uh, Leah, sisters, the sister's going to be a housewife next season, I feel. I feel it in my bones. I don't know that to be true, or at least she'll appear more. I feel it. Um, they talk about Tinsley, and it was nice to get a, even like a little update on Tinsley. There was a picture of Tins and and the Coupon King uh, dressed as maybe Beauty and the Beast or something like that, um, looking like a Disney prince. Leah said, it's look, uh, looking like Beauty and the Beast. And then uh, Leah says she wants to find a rich man, and I support that. Um, there's some drama because Leah's sister says that. The mom, Bunny, is starting to say that Leah's looking fake in the face. 
And Leah says, look, I had my lips done. I did some Botox. Like, fuck Bunny, she says. Um, actually, she said, I wrote this down. She says, fuck her. I'm going to get my, excuse me, you guys, escort the kids out of the room because this is a really inappropriate sentence. But it is a sentence that was said on our show. So I have to say it. Um, so Leah says, fuck her. I'm going to get my titties done. My, I can't even, I don't even want to say this. Anyway, it, it's messy. And the sister is messy. And that's why I think she'd make a good housewife. Make a good housewife. Sometimes saying these sentences, these things that they say on our shows, it's like when you really take notes, when you really sit and take notes and write down the sentences they say, you really start to think like, what's happening here? What are we doing watching this show? It's a beautiful show, but it's also very um, interest, very uh, rough, interesting, rough and int- rough, rough and interesting. <laughs> then we cut to, uh, let's see. Oh, everyone's getting ready for Ramona's party. So Dorinda and Leah are getting ready with Len. Len, I'd like to see her hold an apple next season too. We're getting a lot of Len. Len is almost on there more than Elise these days, isn't she? We barely got any Elise, but we got Len getting ready. Um. And Sonia, she's with people helping her with her townhouse. Oh, it's revealed that Sonia, okay, we, we mentioned this briefly, but Sonia got kicked out of a gay bar. So she last week had spoken at Wharton, and we see a clip of her speech, and it is very erratic, and I can't believe people at this business school came to see Sonia, although I would have, for sure, if I went to this business school, but I'm not sure that they got a lot of advice or, uh, or anything that they can use going forward at post-business school. Because she was talking about Billy Idol and then her toaster oven, which was never released. And it's a big hot mess. And apparently, she went to a gay bar and she got kicked out after singing Hello, Dolly. And look, I don't like to throw away or throw out the term gay icon too often. But Sonia got kicked out of a gay bar in Philly for singing Hello, Dolly. And look, if that's not a gay icon, I'm certain at some point in her life, Judy Garland did the same. I'm, I feel it. I feel it, you know, Judy, I love Judy. I'm sure at some point her, uh, you know, a, a gay icon does get kicked out of a gay bar after singing Hello, Dolly, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but it's it's a mess, and Sonia's at the townhouse, and you can see it's all just, like, getting it, getting to her. She said something about how she brought some of the stuff in the townhouse from Pan Am, and you can see the people, like, um, I don't know what the fuck Pan Am is. And Sonia has to say, like, oh, back when there was Pan Am. And look, I know Pan Am because it was a TV show on NBC sort of recently. Um, it got canceled after one season. But there was also uh, the movie Catch Me If You Can, which is actually one of my, I think it's my favorite Spielberg movie. I love, I, it's like top, top 10 movie for me of all time. Um, but there was like a whole Pan Am thing. Oh, that movie's so good. If you haven't seen it in a while, go. It's Leonardo DiCaprio's best movie, in my opinion. I, I love it so, so much. I watch it once a year at least. But, uh, there's Pan Am in it. But, you know, aside from those moments in pop culture, I don't think Pan Am's been around for a really long time. And every time Sonia throws out one of those references, it's like so dark and upsetting. I just want her to get, get better. Um, so back at Dor- uh, Dorinda's house, they're talking about Ramona. Elise is there. Elise says she had lunch with Ramona and they're good now. Dorinda yells about Ramona. She says, you know, you're an unaccountable bitch, she says. And Dorinda's just still so angry. And it seems like Dorinda's angry at everyone this episode. She got mad at Sonia for not contacting her. She was still mad at Ramona, or Ramona for, she said later, like, not posting a picture of her. It was weird. 
Uh, Dorinda's just got a lot of rage in the same way that it seems uh, Sonya's starting to get rage. Although, they're different kind of rages, but I feel like they're they're really building on each other. And I don't know that the two of them should be hanging out. Because, you know, when you get with a friend who's kind of going through something you're going through? Like, if if you're in a really sad place and you get together with a friend that's in a really sad place, it just, like, amplifies the sadness. And you're both just sitting there miserable. And so I do think you need to have a little balance. Uh, and I don't know if it's good at this point uh, in where we're at in the episode. Uh, but at Ramona's birthday party, uh, again, everyone goes to Ramona's birthday party. Everyone arrives and sees that big-ass sign. Uh, Ramona arrives with her sister Tanya. Tanya, Tanya. Uh, where has she been hiding? I don't recognize her. I'm sure at some point we've seen her. I'm sure we've seen her. But I didn't recognize her, and she does look like Kristen Wiig, and I want to know more about her. Just give us a, I want to see a sit-down scene with Ramona and Tanya. Also, I wonder, did the parents, do they have other siblings? Did the parents name them with an A, a where the first name ends in an A? You know how, like, the Kardashians, they're all K names? Like, did Ramona's parents, they all end in an A? I need to know that. I don't know why I need to know that, but I need to know that. I'll look that up. Anyway, then uh, we see Luann and Sonia are driving to the party. Luann always gives us a sonorita every time she sees Sonia. Every single time. I love it. Reliable is what it is. Uh, but the, neither one of them are wearing black, and we know the theme of the party is to wear black. You know, they're all supposed to be wearing black, and they're not. But Sonia is mad. She said, I wasn't invited to the party last year. Then they flash back. They love to flash back to that clip from last season of Ramona saying she didn't want Sonia at the party. They love to flash back to that. Uh, but every time Sonia is talking about Ramona, she says, these are all my friends. Ramona, she's implying that like Ramona stole the friends. And I don't know if she stole the friends, but it's just, it's sad what Sonia's going through in her head. I don't know. She's so angry. And I'm not sure if she even knows what she's angry about. It's never about what it's about, right? Speaking of you guys, that, uh, that quote is from Bethany. I always think about it. And I interviewed Bethany's old assistant, Julie, on the podcast. You can listen to it. It's from earlier this week, or you can watch it on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, watch the interview. She was so interesting. I love talking to her. And I would have loved to talk more about Jason. Of course, I, I wanted to be respectful, but you guys know how I feel about that monster. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. Uh, but uh, it's a really interesting interview. She's so lovely and, and wonderful to talk to. So check that out. Um, anyway, oh, Avery shows up to the party with all of her white privileged friends. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, they all just looked alike. They all looked alike. Again, not a lot of diversity at Ramona's party. Although there was a, lot, a woman named Arlene who was just wearing lots of clothes. I don't even know how to explain it, but there were a lot of different fabrics happening on her. She had some sort of headband, head wrap headband, uh, on, and a lot of, I, I don't, I can't even, exp- I don't even know how to describe it. It was almost like, do you remember on The Real Houses of Orange County, Bronwyn's mother, how she just put everything from a garage sale on her body and head? It almost was like a, a cleaner-looked version of that. It was like a more put-together version of Bronwyn's mother, if that makes sense. I'm not sure that it does, but I think some of you know what I'm saying. Uh, Sonia arrives, and she's still wearing the tag, apparently, off her, her thing, and she said she didn't have time to get the tag off. <sighs> Wow. She didn't have time to get the tag off. How many times have we seen a tag on Sonia? It was cute. It was really funny the first few times it happened, you guys. And I, I want to love Sonia, but we've seen these bits over and over again with Sonia with the tags. And it's, it's getting 
to me at least, this is just my opinion, it's getting past the point of comical and it's starting to get like, ugh. Every time she's on scene going to a party, she's got the tag on or or even when she was, she's had the tag on the bathing suit. And it's at this point, we just know she keeps the tag on and returns stuff, which was funny when it was first introduced. But now I just think it's like, I don't even find it funny. I, I worked in retail and it's like the idea that people have to re- return her clothes that she wears because she just is too either. I, it's just not okay. I, I don't know. I'm not finding it very fun anymore. I'm not. I'm not. It's starting to bum me out. She's starting to lose it, and it's bumming me out. But you know what wasn't bumming me out? How the editors on this show, they were counting Ramona's friends. Every single friend that popped on screen, it was like number seven through nine. <laughs> it was so good, because Ramona's given us that number. Uh, it was so good. That was worth it. If nothing else happened this episode, which we got plenty of other good stuff, but if nothing else happened, I thought that's better than anything that's aired on Bravo. Like, just that little fact alone. Uh, it made me happy for the whole year on Bravo. That deserved an Emmy and a Peabody. Uh, Dorinda arrives. Again, she's just pissed at everyone. There was one woman of color named Nareet. I did notice that. Because um, I noticed it because it said Nareet. Or I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it reminded me of Dorit, of course, the name. I thought, oh, I don't know why I made the connection. But Ramona then uh, gives a speech at her party. Luann, Ramona, and Dorinda, they sit down and they talk about uh, Sonia's sadness and how she got kicked out of the bar. Uh, We get a little introduction of the trip that they're going on. They're going to Mexico again. A fucking again, they're going to Mexico, you guys. On Atlanta, they they go to all sorts of different places. Beverly Hills went to Japan, and they're going to Italy this season. On, On New York, it's like, we're always going to Mexico. And it's a beautiful place. But maybe I'd like to see them just go someplace different. They always just want to go and get fucked up on tequila. And you know, I get that as a human being uh, who doesn't want to just do that. But on my shows, I just want to see a different location. And I, I think there was some speculation that Luann can't go to certain places or something, something like that. I don't know. But um, now we're not going to get another trip. When they start filming again, we probably won't get another international trip. And so it just it makes me upset that we're not going somewhere. I don't know. I'm not sure. Even Dallas, they went to Germany. Remember, they went to there on Dallas. Fucking Dallas is going to Germany and on uh, New York. We don't get. Uh, come on, come on. Where's their budget? I feel like New York must not have any budget because we have five housewives, barely any cast members on this show. Uh, the only friend of we have this season that's getting paid is Elise. I don't imagine anyone else got paid to appear on this show. I don't think Leah's sister got paid. Do you? I wonder if she did. Maybe she did. Uh, but where's the budget? It's certainly not on our screen, so like, why can't we send them off somewhere? Somewhere good? What's happening? I don't know. Uh, but then, oh, oh, Ramona, when she did give her speech, I do want to mention that. It started off by talking, um, as she was addressing her party, she started off by uh, talking about how the mic looked like a dick and that she hadn't had a dick in a while. And that was how the speech started. And that was coming from Ramona's mouth. So later in the episode, when she was getting so offended... I just have to say, she literally got on a microphone and said she hadn't had dick in a while. It was in different words, but that's basically what she was saying. She said, I haven't been dick down in a while, something like that. And so when she was getting mad that Leah was dirty dancing on top of Luann, who Luann didn't look comfortable. Later in the episode when Luann uh, was getting dirty danced upon by Leah, it didn't seem like Lou was really loving it. She was smiling, but her inner monologue was saying, get the fuck off me. 
You know, I saw it. I know Luann by this point. She saw, she was thinking like, Leah, get the fuck off. And that not only that, but then it was like Dorinda and Elise, or Elise joined in and they were doing like a, what, what's that when you go to bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah and everyone's doing the conga line or whatever. It was like they did a little conga line on Lou and you could just see in her eyes. She's smiling because she was on camera, but she's thinking, get the fuck off. All of you ladies, what are you doing a conga line on me for? Like, get off me. Luann's just trying to enjoy herself at a party and she's just pinned down by the entire cast of The Real Hustles of New York dancing on her. She's like, get the fuck off. She's like, I'm a cabaret star. Get the fuck off me. That's what I was seeing in Lou's face. Uh, then Sonia and Dorinda, they sit down, they talk. Dorinda, it seems like she's getting a little tipsy and she says, I'm your raft and you could climb on my raft whenever you want. Now, Dorinda's metaphors and things like that, they don't always work for me, but this one worked. I thought it was, I thought it was beautiful. I, I understood what Dorinda was saying. Um, and that's always a step up, you know? And so I appreciated that Dorinda was looking out for Sonia, but Sonia's still mad. She says, all these people are my friends. And then, you guys, you know, I said I was so happy when they uh, showed on the screen how many of the women there were Ramona's friends and they were numbering them. Well, then the editors show us Lucia. And it says on the bottom of the screen, it says Lucia. Sonia insists more her friend than Ramona's. Ah, oh, you guys, it was perfect. The editor or producer, whoever made that decision, it was just so wonderful. The lower third just saying Sonia insists more her friend than Ramona's for Lucia. I think it's Lucia, right? It's Lucia. Uh, they danced. They were drinking. Sonia was dancing on the bar. Uh, again, they were all very horny because there were no men at this party. There were no people of color or men at this event. And they were. All, you could see these women were just saying, we need to go find some dick. And we've all been to those parties before. Even, you know, we've all been to there. Been there. Where are the dicks? That's what we're thinking. You know, when you're single and you're at a party... And I was surprised that Ramona didn't have any men at this party for these women. They all wanted it. I'm sure they all wanted I wonder where the after party was. After the party, it's the after party. Uh, then, uh, look, Ramona gets pissed that Leah's dancing on uh, Luann. She tells Leah, you have a run in your stocking. She said she's embarrassed. She goes to the producers and she says, she's dancing like a effing stripper. Get the effing producer here. We're done. Shut it down. She says, I'm going to quit the show right now. I'm done. 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 And look, Leah was right. She says, Ramona, you're acting crazy. And it was weird. It was like, the, out of all the things we've seen on this show, do you remember at the finale of last season, they were all dirty dancing with uh, strippers dressed in Santa hats? Oh, that was a moment, wasn't it? Uh, but so this point, when Leah's dancing on Luann, and you know they were all doing that train on Luann, I thought, well, it's not that big of a deal. We've done way worse on this show. We've seen topless swimming on this show. It's like, just a bunch of girlfriends acting nuts, right? Like, they... There were nothing was dangerous here, nothing was that inappropriate. So the fact that Ramona really lost it, I think she's probably lost it before too. I think we've probably had this behind the scenes, and we've just never seen it before. And this was the first time the producers were like, you know what? Let's show Ramona getting upset about production. And I love that they're doing it. Next week, uh, we get the Mexico trip. Very excited. Uh, very excited. Uh, so that's Roni, you guys. I do want to say we're, I'm going to play an interview I have with Chanel O'Marie. I hope I'm saying that name correctly. Who's uh, you might remember from Princesses of Long Island. Uh, and speaking of a Princess of Long Island, we also have Dina Lohan on the line. Uh, so I interviewed the two of them. They have a new podcast. I got to say we were going to sit down and do like a whole episode, 
although Dina was having some problems with the Zoom uh, and then had another meeting. So we didn't get to do like a full what had been planned, Um, but we did get a little chat in. So this is a little abbreviated interview with Dina Lohan and Chanel, previously of Princess of Long Island, and who was also on Roni this season. Do you remember she was on uh, the episode where Luann and Jocks did the comedy show? So uh, we talk about that for a minute. I also want to mention, we do briefly touch on Dina's uh, new sort of engagement. So if you haven't heard about this, Dina had been dating this man who she had talked about on Celebrity Big Brother, so I'm not talking out of turn, but she had been dating this man who lived in another state. They have never met in person, uh, but they did recently get engaged. So you can look up more about that story. It's been in the news, but we do briefly touch on it. His name is Jesse. And so I just wanted to give a little background so you know what we're talking about when we're talking about it, because uh, it's very interesting. But they did get engaged, and now they're, it was alleged in page six that maybe it's not moving forward. So we do touch on it. You guys can look it up uh, for more information. But I just wanted to preface that. So without further ado, I'm going to leave you with this chat with Dina and Chanel. Uh, please enjoy. And then hopefully they'll come back for a, a more complete, full interview. But until then. Please enjoy. Thank you all so much for listening. I love you. Stay safe. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino, Twitter and Instagram. If you want to support the pod, go to patreon.com slash everything iconic. Uh, love you all for listening, and I'll leave you with this. Bye-bye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chanel and Dina, hosts of the new podcast, Listen to Me, the OG Mama D. How are you both doing today? I'm great. It's so hot outside, but other than that, everyone's getting to go outside at least. So it's a little alien-esque wearing masks and everything. Where are are you? Are you guys in New York? We both live on Long Island. Long Island. Okay. I'm right in Merrick and Chanel. I'm in uh, Great Neck right now, actually. We work just together also all weekend though at the beach. Mama D's house is like the place to be. Oh my God. Quarantine. Well, oh, ma- can I call you Mama D? Can I call you Mama Absolutely. D? All of these friends since they were little, not little, but LA kids when she was like 19, 20, they're like, hey, Mama D, they still call me, like asking me, I need this guy. He's such so mean to me. Like all these questions and I'm still Mama D. So. Ma- Mama D, speaking of Lindsay, as a kid, she just did a parent trap reunion, which was so, uh, so wonderful. I'm a huge fan of the parent trap. I love that it was with Katie Couric. Uh, was it, uh, do you have any memories from that set or, or kind of being around that? Oh my gosh, do I ever. It's actually the whole first chapter of a book that's coming out that I had written. It's, um, yes, Nancy Myers is an angel. I was a single mom at the time with four little ones. I was nursing my youngest. I had Aliana. We're on podcast right now. Once yeah. Um, we, Ali, sorry. We um, had so much fun. She made it like home. You know, there it was no, no stress. Um, my children played. I would go on the trailer with Liam Neesoms. He has two little boys who are now obviously grown. And um, Dennis's son was there, and they were all little. So we all played, and everyone got along wonderfully. It was like camp, literally camp. Yeah, it's it's a we great actually, movie. Yeah, we actually talk about it on one of our episodes on the podcast with uh, some of the cast members from Camp Getaway, how, like, it was an actual camp set for the kids. And also, like, growing up with Lindsay, it was cool to, like, hear the stories and just, like, the reunion, just watching the reunion was amazing because it was so, so nostalgic. 
So Chanel, have you known uh, Dina and the family for since you were little? Yeah, I've known them since I was 17 years old. Dina actually hired me as Lindsay's assistant. She took me under her wing because she knew I wanted to be like in entertainment and comedy. And so it was like the first time for me to learn the business. So I traveled with Lindsay all over the world and worked my way up. And then I was Dina's executive assistant, learned from her. And like she always knew. So the great thing about Dina, she always knows talent right before they hit to superstardom. And there's always a difference between celebrity and 15 minutes of fame and like the triple threat that she's taught me, which is like dance and sing and act and like just having real talent and cultivating it. And so she saw comedy in me from an early age. And I think, you know, she was the only one willing, like the OG willing to take me under her wing and like teach me. And so I learned a lot from the low hands and forever will be grateful to them for helping me navigate the, the tough waters of showbiz. And you guys talk about a lot of personal stuff on the podcast, right? Oh yeah, right, Dee? Yeah, we actually well, you know, if 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 it's an issue that's obviously present, we will, but we, we when I had you know, I'm usually I usually was on being interviewed. So now when I can interview other people, it's it's so much more refreshing to me because I'm calm. I I I feel for the other person because I've been so ridiculed and and attacked you know, to protect my child. So it's really refreshing to be on the other side of the camera. You know, Dina, I got to say, I watched you on Celebrity Big Brother. And speaking of refreshing, I found you so refreshing. And I think it was like, we got to see a different side of you on that show, which was great. Uh, Did you enjoy doing it? Yeah, it was so much fun. It was actually, I felt like I was in college but I, I really made 11 new friends. It was, it was, you know, I was like the mom of the house, I felt. You know, I would cook breakfast for everyone. And, you know, if Lolo needed her special eggs, because they're amazing athletes we had in the house as well. But I thought I'd be on, oh, I'll be on a week. And I didn't know Big Brother. I knew that the, the, the kid one, you know, where they were like crazy wild, having fun kid one but the celebrity one I had no idea and so I really didn't know you know what the head of household was so I was just kind of like chilling I was like okay I'll just do the games and but I did realize someone told me don't win you don't want to win anything because then you get put on the block and then you get kicked off and then everything goes wrong but I was this there's they had six people come on and then they and they picked their rooms. And then the other six, which I was in, picked their rooms. Well, I was in a hallway with four guys, our beds close together. So everyone had doors. We, they would walk out of their room and it would be our room. So it was hilarious. Like Scaramucci's, like at night, his arm would be on my nose or something. Oh my gosh, yeah. It was hilarious. And they're like real friends. Like she'll be like, hold on, let me call Cato for our podcast. I'm like, for real? She's like, oh yeah. Oh my God, Cato Kalen. Oh my God. You have to listen to that episode. That's a great one. Dina, I want to know just about like your Rolodex. I feel like your, your cell phone Rolodex must be insane. You know what's so funny? I still have AOL, my AOL. Sure. I have like record producers that were that are now record they own record they own the record labels it's 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 really incredible and i've made so many wonderful friends that you know a-listers not a-listers and we're all still 
still friends. Like I can pick up the phone, you know, and, and just call them. Yeah. Uh, Chanel, you're not a, a, a you're not uh, opposed to reality TV. Of course, people remember you from Princesses of Long Island. And most recently, you appeared on Roni, which is my favorite show. Uh, what was that? What was that like? Well, it was amazing because so Princesses of Long Island it was a great experience. It was sad that it lasted one season. Actually, I, I went to Dina for like a lot of advice during that time because it's hard to, you know, when you're you have like this height of fame and you don't know what to do with it at 26 years old and you're like a newbie in the, <laughs> a newbie in the industry. But it was a great experience because I was able to like get to know me for me, you know, and then Roni comes along six years later, which because Luanda Lesseps is a very good friend of mine. And she was on my podcast, Chanel in the City, which Dina was on as well. That's why me and Dina thought about, wait, we should have a podcast together, but mostly about Dina driving the vehicle of like her experiences and my millennial mistakes. Long story short, I partnered up with Luann and we did the Chanel in the City live comedy event to raise money for anti-bullying, which we've all been through, we've, we've all discussed. And so Bravo decided to tape the event and we had some comedians and other podcasters join and it was great. You know, we we talked about like real issues and made it, laughed it off because sometimes bullying can be really painful. Right. Great, great, great to be back on Bravo and great to be back, you know, with Dina and just great to have these opportunities and these blessings because in this industry, like I said, you can be a one hit wonder like Mama D taught me. And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to hate the game? Or are you going to play with the game? Mm. Or are you going to stay in your lane? Stay. Right, D? Oh, that's my motto for this yeah. one. Stay in like, your lane, girl. Stay in your lane. Mama D, what does your hat say? Are you wearing, you're wearing a hat. What is your hat? Uh, it says Dubai. Oh, I was, I was trying to figure out what it said. Um, <laughs> so I got to ask, uh, Dina, this has been in the news lately about, are you, in, are you engaged? I'm really not going to talk about that right now. Okay. Okay. I just, uh, I was side and... Yeah. Page six, and I, w- I wasn't sure if I could ask. I'm not gonna go there. I got it. Well, we're, um, all, we're all great. Okay, good. Um, well, it was so great. Anything else you want to plug about the podcast? Or um, it's called uh, "Listen to Me," the OG Mama D. What do we have coming up? What can you tell us about it? Well, coming up is Dolores Katana, right? We have Dolores, yep. who's I love her. Yeah. She is such an amazing woman, and um, it's a really interesting story, her story as well. And um, who else is after that? I believe we have... Um, we have William we, DeMeo. We have... William DeMeo is out. Great. Yeah, that's out already right now. Serena Kerrigan, and we have, like, Jonathan Bennett that's going to come up. Like, we have a lot of celebrities to tune in and just... You know, we're t- we talk about a lot of setting the record straight, a lot of, you know, how to come back from reality tv or just showbiz you know mama d gives her her advice on lot like kids are calling us being like can dina lohan manage us it's crazy but you know it's a good thing it's like you know come to the platform come to our podcast to feel safe that's what we want you guys to feel and like you can be with your girlfriends drinking you know not drinking sorry but just hanging out and yeah you could be drinking you can have a cocktail or, or a, a, mocktail. a mocktail a mocktail yeah i like a mocktail yeah but like just talking to your girlfriends but also getting experience from us because i think that Dina, especially, I mean, she's created such an empire and such a, you know, a superstar. And I don't think people understand how the, ch- the challenges of that. And so same with me, like with Princesses of Long Island, people thought, oh, well, she's just a princess. I can't believe she's co-hosting with Dina Lohan. And I don't think people realize that we've been through the ringer and the trials and the tribulations. So hopefully you get to, to check that out on our podcast. Yeah. Well, I will be tuning in. And speaking of Housewives, Dina, were you ever asked to be on Housewives or approached? No, for- it's really I. I think it would be great. I would love to be on it. I think that I love the girls. I know a lot of them in all different cities. Like Orange County, Tamara's a good friend of mine. I know Vicky, love them. Um, 
God, Lisa Vanderpump, friends with, um, like, there's so many different. Now, Dolores, we were like, she needs to be on Roni with Luann and all the girls. What do you think, Danny? You, we love oh your my recaps. God. Thank you so much. I think Dino would be great. That's why I asked. Cause I'm like, I, I would have thought they would have at least approached you or no, why don't you start a little petition? They, I feel like they should have approached you. And I'm, I'm trying to think of what city, you know, New York would be great. Well, New Jersey I'm, be I'm great. actually, I'm downsizing. So I'll be in Manhattan and the Hamptons. So I'll fit right in. They need some new blood on New York too. New York. Needs- yeah. And you know, I think since Bethany left, they need, she, I miss her. Um, but I do think they need, and you know, I actually, um, I have kids, four of them I raised. So, you know, I, I could, I'm, I'm very relatable to the women. I think I, I love, I love them all. Um, but I, re- I really think I would fit, I'd fit right in. I'd I love to so. see you with Dorinda. With- I love Dorinda. I know Dorinda as well. She's a sweetheart. I feel like you must know them all. You must know them all. You must have yeah, come in contact with them all. I've met Ramona out in the Hamptons. She's lovely. Um, um, I just love them all. So I haven't met the young one, the younger girl, Leah. She's new, but she's good. Oh, yeah. she's great. I love I her. She's a friend of mine. Her, but I do watch, obviously. And her sister's adorable. She should be on. Yeah. I don't know why they don't have her on as well. But I don't know if they're going younger or they're keeping it. I think they should keep it age appropriate. I agree. Women of my, you know, my age, we are empty nesting. It's a rough time. We're downsizing. Some are divorced. Some are not. You know, it's very, it's difficult. You don't feel as pretty. You're getting older. You know, so there's a lot of things we can help. I think other women of our age, which is what why women watch it. You know, and Lindsay's obsessed. By the way, in Dubai. She's obsessed with the housewives. She loves Andy. She's she was one of the first actresses on on the show. And what? Yeah, and watch it. Or chair and all these icons. Yeah, but Lindsay was like one of the first. So she's a Bravo maniac, and she. I I told her a couple of times. Talk to Andy. Just ask him. Yeah, Atlanta. I love them too. Well, Candy Burris was my wing girl. Yeah, on the show. I, I would love to see you on there. And um, as someone I grew up watching, Lindsay, I feel like we're around the same age and just growing up and seeing everything from Mean Girls, Freaky Friday, like those were my I movies growing up. The other day on my birthday, she goes, can you believe you have a 34-year-old daughter? I'm like, yeah, now I'm 104. So I really don't want you to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is depressing. And I feel like we all shouldn't count this year because like for our birthdays this year shouldn't count because it's been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Yeah. That's a good Somebody's idea. We're going to party like it's 2019. I'll still be 35. <laughs> We're going to 35 party. making so many mistakes. It's insane. And being single. I know. Well, it was such a delight. You guys are going to come back to everything yeah. iconic and we're going to do a full video interview for YouTube. Um, but in the meantime, it was so nice to hop on the phone and talk to you guys for just a few minutes. And, and I can't wait for everyone to listen to the podcast. Listen to me, the OG Mama D. Thank you both so much for the time. And I'll see you guys soon. We're going to do another. Uh, another I do want to say one thing. Thank yeah. you. And I are great. We're still engaged. I love them, and we'll. It's just you know that obviously, we, I don't even know what to say. But we haven't obviously met, but we have. I've known him. He was my best friend. And you're talking just to clear up. You're talking about Jesse. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like you know we'll see. You know his mom's. Ill. I'm very close with his mom, and we'll see where that goes. You know because. Obviously, he's been married twice. 
I was in a very abusive one, one time marriage. I'm not a big dater. So, um, you know, we both want to be mind, body, and soul clear. So, you know, you don't want to jump into something. Right. This, the, the next time I marry anyone, it's going to be forever. So. And so you and Jesse, you had gotten engaged during the quarantine, although you're not in the same state. Yeah. Well, uh, um, yeah. I, but I pretty much said enough. I don't, I really don't want to get too into that, but I just really, um, you know, I think couples, when you reach, you know, an older age, you really want to be sure and you want to be, you know, mind, body, and soul clear. So. Right, right. Um, well, and that'd be an interesting story to see on The Real Housewives if you ever were to join. Oh, I think. that would be. That would be. I, you heard, Andy? You heard? We know you listen. <laughs> we know you're listening. <laughs> Thank you guys both so and much. We love you. We really love you. I like okay. Andy in quarantine. I love his hair. Oh, the shaggy. Yeah, he's, he's got the shaggy salt and pepper. Yeah. Yeah, he looks very sexy in, in quarantine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and make sure to follow us at Listen to Me, the OG Mama D podcast on social media. Okay, listen to me, the OG Mama D on social media. Got it. Thank you guys both so much. We will talk soon and stay safe and uh, enjoy the rest of the week. Love you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com.